720 WGN. Hey, Corey Ramore. How are you from the Chicago Tribune, you vintage uh, reporter? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, great. How are you, John? I am fine. I'm enjoying your article, Vintage Chicago Tribune, Meet the City's Polka Royalty, and that's how it starts. You start talking about that movie, um, Home Alone, with John Candy and that polka band. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, which, interestingly enough, if you remember the movie, like, they're all stranded at the airport, and the mom is trying to get home, and John Candy plays the band leader for a polka band, yeah, and comes yeah. and offers to help her out. Anyway, uh, as it turns out, there were some real polka music musicians who were part of that band, the fictional band Kenosha Kickers. Yes, the fictional band, Kenosha Kickers, though, as I see in your article, made up of members of actual Chicago polka bands, right? Yeah, yeah, and one of them actually got in touch with me. I put something together for our website in early December about Home Alone and some of the locations around the city and in the suburbs where it was filmed, and that prompted one polka musician to get in touch with me and say, hey, I was in that movie. So that's kind of how this edition of the Vintage Chicago Tribune newsletter came came to be. You know, it was interesting as I was reading it, it occurred to me that um, both Home Alone and Ferris Bueller's Day Off, which features Vlasta, who's also in your article, were both John yeah. Hughes were both John Hughes movies. One in uh, yeah. eighty six and one in ninety. So apparently Hughes felt that there was something intrinsically Chicago about polka because he made it part of the plot in both of those films. And your article oh, backed that up. Oh, you know, up. I didn't consider that. Yeah, that's a good <laughs> point, John. That's a really good point. <laughs> and I like the way they... The, who is the individual that you talk about making the movie? Who's, who is that? The His name is Eddie Carosa, and he's yeah. actually Eddie Carosa Jr., his father... Uh, was a big deal in the polka scene. And yeah, Eddie is still out and about. He's playing at various venues um, around the city and in the suburbs. And so if you're looking for somebody to play some polka music, he's the guy to get in touch with. And so he kind of, I I have to admit, I knew absolutely nothing about polka music when he got in touch with me. So I had a lot of questions about what constitutes polka music and who some of the big names were uh, because uh, as he told me, there are a lot of people of, you know, ethnic origins where polka music is a big deal. Oh, yeah. And, uh, you know, for a long time in Chicago, there were a variety of venues. And Eddie told me his parents actually owned a prominent polka venue. Uh, and he basically, that's where he basically grew up. Well, you know, you talk about him, you talk about uh, Vlasta, you talk about some other polka, prominent polka people, he said. Um, why now? Why write an article about it now in the vintage section? That's a very good question. <laughs> yeah, there's got to be some sort of a hook, right? Yeah, and I so would think. In chatting, it, yeah, in chatting with Eddie, January is National Polka Month, well, which is go. why he got in touch with me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and oh, yes, there's there's got to be a hook, but. Um, he he also said, I, which another thing I didn't realize, the International Polka Association is based here in Chicago, and there's actually a, a Hall of Fame, a Polka Hall of Fame here in Chicago, too. So I learned a whole bunch in chatting with Eddie about polka music. 
Well, as you you know, as you alluded to just a few seconds ago, this is a very polka is. I don't know if it is what it used to be. I, I doubt that it is what it used to be, but it used to be, and not that long ago, a really big deal in a lot of parts yeah. of the city because. Well, I'm not going to say it's like line dancing, but almost anybody can polka. You know what I mean? It doesn't take yeah. a big, long lesson to learn how to polka. And the music itself sort of has a, I don't know, a certain form that fits any topic. <laughs> Quite frankly, a beer, oh, the bears. Really? Yeah, you know, it can be about anything, <laughs> really. Um Absolutely. And I think it's kind of impossible now that I've listened to some polka music. I mean, it just puts a smile on your face. It's impossible to be angry uh, or grumpy, you know, and that's another reason why I thought it would be a a good idea to talk about it this time of year, because it had been so dark and gray outside. And, you know, why not have something cheerful? Well, well, that's we'll probably get back to. This particular artist in just a few minutes, as a matter of fact, I know we will. But let's move on to some of the other people that are in your article. The next one, I would guess, would be um, Wally. I don't know how to pronounce your last name. Little Wally, as he is known, uh, Mm -hmm. who recorded 110 albums. Yeah, I mean, this just shows you how prolific some of these people in, in the polka music scene were. Wally Jagiello, he never went to high school. He, his nickname was Lil Wally because he was short. And in fact, when he started playing as a child, he'd have to stand up. He'd be playing at picnics um, in, in parks around the city. He'd have to stand up on a picnic table in order for people to see him. Uh, but he was really successful. And he opened his own recording studio. So I think that's part of the reason why he was able to record so many albums. Ah. But only Yes. So he wrote a fight song for the White Sox. Now wait a minute. Are you, talk- they- yes. are you talking about Go Go White Sox? White Sox, White Sox, Go Go White Sox. Let's go 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 White Sox. We're with you all the way. You're always in there fighting, and you do your best. We're glad to have you out here in the Middle West. Is that what you're talking about? <laughs> That's exactly what I was talking about. <laughs> I felt oh, like I was in the elevator at O'Hare Airport <laughs> in the parking garage. <laughs> Listen, you're going to see me this afternoon. I'm reading this article. Go, oh, I got to find that song. No, wait, I got to find that song. Wait, no. Yes, here, there, there it is. Um, yeah, go, go, White Sox. But you know, like we just said, that that good time poke a feeling. It can it can be about almost anything. I know that somebody wrote a. Um, a polka song about the bears, but I don't think I have that. Um, at any rate, that's okay. I, I guess that's, that's okay <laughs> for another for another yeah. time. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. The Chicago Bears polka. I couldn't find it. Um, although the article, your article, claims that Vlasta wrote, wrote it, and of course she was. Well, everybody knows Vlasta first of all from Ferris Bueller's Day Off. And the scene where yeah. they're coming down State Street doing Twist and Shout, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, yep, uh, exactly. And then she made a career out of it, sort of, a notoriety at any rate. And I have a small clip of her on The Tonight Show. Now everybody clap your hands! Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. We're shaking up the beat! 
some songs don't lend themselves to the polka. <laughs> After all. <laughs> there you go. Right there on Channel 26. The very people you're writing about there. Corey had their own televised polka party. And people yeah. partied, people partied and polkaed. Polkaed, so to speak. <laughs> they moved their feet. They had a really good time. Um, and that's, that is also the uh, musician that you were talking about earlier that was in the fake band in um, the movie that you mentioned at the be- uh, Home Alone at the beginning of the article, right? Isn't that the same person? Right, right. Yes, so this is his dad, Eddie Carosa Sr., um, and he and his mother, Irene Carosa, hosted this show. Eddie Carosa won a content, uh, contest, I think it was at the Aragon Ballroom or something like that, in 1951. So he earned the title Prince of Polka because Walter Jagiello, who we talked about before the break, was considered the king of polka. Um, <laughs> and so Eddie <laughs> I know the titles are fantastic. That's part of, like you said, John, anybody could come up with a polka and name it anything they want. Yeah. And apparently nicknames were a big deal in the polka scene, too. Um, Eddie Carissa Sr. wrote a song called Baby Doll Polka, which uh, he wrote for his three daughters. He was referring to his three daughters and later opened a prominent club called the Baby Doll Polka Club. It moved around to different locations, but it was open from 1954 to, I think, 2004. So for a really long time. And Eddie Carosa Jr. told me about how on Sundays he used to hang out at at that club, his parents' club, and they would have families come in, and the kids would be treated to potato chips and root beer while their parents, you know, were dancing. And uh, Eddie's parents hosted a live radio show from the club. So, yeah, yeah. Polka was a big deal in Chicago. You know, I don't remember exactly the call letters or the position of the radio station, but as you're speaking and talking about the TV show, I believe there used to be on Sunday afternoons, somebody can correct me or tell me what I'm referring to, where they would have brokered programming that somebody on this this radio station offered anyone really the opportunity to come on and do what they wanted to if they paid for the time, and I'm pretty sure there was a reoccurring uh, Sunday poker party. Maybe there was more than one. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm positive I that there was some. I think you're right. Yeah. Um, when I was the- looking through the Tribune archives, there was Ron Terry's polka party. Um, there was uh, Frank Yankovic's polka yeah, party. He, yeah. He's not related to Weird Al Yankovic. So, yeah, there were a variety of names. It, it, yeah, it, I mean, I could imagine that would be fun. I watched, I watched on YouTube. I know you played a clip of Eddie Carosa's polka party. I watched one from, like, New Year's Eve 1987. It was funny. <laughs> it was so fun. Uh, New Year's Eve polka party. We got to bring that back. Come on. Yeah, um, I agree. So also in your article, one of uh, the Chicago polka people uh, won a Grammy, which that's Eddie, right? How do you pronounce his last name? Oh, my gosh. I, Eddie, I, I Eddie apologize Blatt. to anybody who knows how to pronounce yeah. it because I don't think I'm going to do it right. Uh, I don't know if it's pronounced Blazonic. Uh, close enough. Yeah, I, guess. I like he, that. Yeah. yeah. And he won a Grammy. He won a Grammy, and he's a fascinating story. This is another person who had his own label and was able to produce a bunch of records, was well-known around Chicago, 
had a band called the Versatones. Um, he won a Grammy in 1986 for a song called Another Polka Celebration. Wait a minute. And Wait a minute. Did you say yeah? Another Polka Celebration? When you're feeling down and out and need some cheering up, I'm going to tell you what you need to do. Get on out and listen to your favorite polka band. It's guaranteed to help you chase away the blues. We're going to have a polka celebration. With Corey from the Tribune and that guy on G and whatever his name is. There it is. <laughs> Grammy award winning. Yes. Yeah. Incredible, right? John Landeckerski and the Polish Polka Party. I don't think it's just Polish, by the way. I think it's far broader than that, quite frankly. That's true. In fact, yeah. Eddie Kuros and I had a long conversation about how the accordion, yes. in a lot of different ethnic communities, the accordion is a key instrument. So, yeah, you know was, who uh, you know sure. who started his musician yeah. career playing the accordion, Dennis DeYoung from Styx. <gasps> really? That You're kidding? First, no, that was his first instrument when he was, I guess, in high school or somewhere. Okay. Yeah. Uh huh. See, I would not have guessed that. <laughs> I'm shifting gears. Okay, first of all, let's let's uh, plug how you can receive Corey's vintage Chicago Tribune weekly in your inbox, Corey. Plug away. Oh, thanks, John. Sure. Okay, just go to chicagotribune.com forward slash newsletters, and you can click on Vintage Chicago Tribune. Just give me your email address, and I'll be in your inbox every Thursday afternoon. And it's great stuff. Now, is it kismet? Is it destiny? Is it coincidence? I don't know. But we call up Corey because we like having her on number one. Number two, this whole thing about the polka people, that sounds like a really fun topic. And then today, in the Sun-Times, above the thaw, Casimir Plowski, Chance the Scraper, and Taylor Drift are just four of the 50 name options that Chicago residents can vote on in the city's second annual You Name a Snowplow Contest. I'm not going to go into the backstory between about Corey and I in this particular event, but this is sort of how we met, if you will. And ironically, ironically that you were already set to come on today, and I'm looking through the paper and go, oh, this is just too much. This is just too much. Um, I, guess, I guess they have 50 finalists, at least names, and they, you can vote for up to six names on the city's website. And the six names with the most votes will be featured on a snowplow. Does this sound familiar? In each of the city's six snow districts, joining the name Snowplows announced last year. Some, uh, well, they, all of them, I don't know if all of them have, but the ones I quote in the paper are Arctic Institute of Chicago, Deep Dish Plaza, Palooza, <laughs> The Magnificent Pile, <laughs> the magnificent pile. Uh, and then the last year, you might remember Mrs. O'Leary's Plow, Salter Payton, Sears Plower, and uh, Jean-Baptiste Pont, Pont de Shovel, which was also uh, one of my favorites. They're going to choose six winners. Residents will be able to view their newly named vehicles through the Snowplow Tracker. 
And those who submitted the winning names will get the chance to take a photo with the snowplow that they named. How about that? What a coincidence. What is your next? I have a favorite. I have a favorite amongst the list of 50. Please. There's one called Skilling It after Tom Skilling. And he's retiring next month, I believe. Exactly. I want to see a photo of Tom Skilling with his namesake plow. So that's. That's my. Uh, that's uh, the one I like the best. I I have a feeling there are many people listening right now that uh, totally agree. And you know, you can <laughs> vote often because this is Chicago. You can go. You can go to that website. You can vote for that Tom Skilling plow name over and over and over again. And um, <laughs> it may not be the uh, tribute he was expecting. <laughs> <laughs> as, he, as he signs off at Channel 9 and heads to Hawaii. But, you know, what a legacy. Yeah. <laughs> He'll leave exactly. behind. Yeah. So what's uh, up next for you? Have you other other topics uh, on your schedule that you're getting ready to look work on or you're working on now? Yeah. So tomorrow's Vintage Chicago Tribune newsletter. Yes. I'm actually working on yes. it right now at home. Um we're going to be talking about Tokyo Rose. We're going to be talking about World War II. Yeah. And she was a woman convicted of treason during World War II. And there's the Chicago angle. So sign up for the Vintage yeah, the Chicago sure Tribune newsletter so you can yeah. read about it. All right, Corey. Thanks very much for being with us. Uh, and hope to talk to you again real soon. Yeah, right back at you, John. Thanks so much. You betcha.